Hey everybody, just jumping in at the top of the episode with some exciting news. Uh, we actually are hosting Greg Judy this summer. So June 13th in Valley View at the Hanson Ranch, we will be having Greg Judy out for a workshop and a pasture walk, and we'll be doing the same thing out in Bonanza on June 17th at the Bonanza Hall and Border View Farms. So if you're interested in coming out to hear from an expert grazer, definitely check out our website. We'll have all of the details up there. We will also have some links to some of the other uh, tours that Greg will be doing around Alberta in June. Um, so if you can't make it to Bonanza or Valley View, uh, maybe you can make it to Manning or Westlock or one of the tours farther south. So definitely check that out. But uh, with that all said, please enjoy the episode. Coffee, Cows, and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers, and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee, Cows, and Crops. In this episode, we're talking with Melena McWatt from the Land Stewardship Center about their Green Acreages program and some of their work with small landholders. But before we get into all the fun stuff, Melena, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how you got started with the Land Stewardship Center? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Johanna. And thank you for um, having me on the podcast today. It's a great opportunity to connect with some folks. Um, I'm actually from the Fairview area. So when I saw uh, this request come in, that was kind of cool. So um, I did grow up in rural uh, Northwestern Alberta. And um, after you know finishing high school, I did a degree in biology. And I also have a master's degree in resource and environmental management. And I've worked in environmental education for uh, several years and in some project management um, sort of roles. And then this position came up with Land Stewardship Center in 2020 uh, during the pandemic. And I thought that sounds like a great match for me. So I got started um, with Land Stewardship Center almost three years ago. Um, It'll be three years in April. And I've been working uh, primarily on the Green Acreages program, but also on several other initiatives that um, the organization has going on. And it's, yeah, it's been a really great opportunity for me to connect with lots of folks across the province, uh, lots of municipalities, and um, really see some stewardship action happening on the ground, which is very cool and rewarding. Definitely. So I guess to start us off broadly, what does the Land Stewardship Center do? Yeah, it's um, it's a question I get a lot. The Land Stewardship Center is um, is a not-for-profit charitable organization governed by a volunteer board of directors, and we just have a small staff, but we have a lot of core programs. And our organization has been around for over twenty-five years, so it's a great network of of folks that contribute to our programs and use our programs and help us with uh, guiding our programs. So we're really um, an organization that helps to connect folks and connect them to information that they may need. 
So we work to help people understand the importance of responsible stewardship of land and resources, and we encourage and support people to take action that will help to protect um, our ecosystems, their natural assets, and the associated ecosystem services that uh, we benefit from when, when nature is all sort of functioning as it should. Awesome. Yeah, so stewardship side of things. We talk a lot about stewardship, I think, in a lot of different sides of agriculture, but everybody's got a little bit different idea of what that means and what counts as stewardship. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the word stewardship, it's in our name at Land Stewardship Center, LSC. It's really the foundation of all the work that we do. Um, the definition that we use as an organization was drafted at the National Stewardship Conference in 2009, and it's something that we've really embraced um, and sort of put out into the world uh, for our audience. So in its broadest sense, um, stewardship is a recognition of our collective responsibility to retain the quality and abundance of our land, air, water, and biodiversity, and to manage this natural capital in a way that conserves all of its values, so that's environmental, economic, social, and also cultural. Awesome. So who do you work with? What counts as an acreage under the Green Acreages program? Yeah, so broadly at Land Stewardship Center, we work with individuals and organizations that are responsible for managing land and resources. Um, we help to facilitate partnerships, provide services, tools, and resources, and um, collaborate on the development of practices, policies, and, and programs. So our work supports municipal, provincial, and national initiatives, but my role as Green Acreages Program Coordinator is really cool because I also get to work on like boots on the ground with folks. So specifically in the Green Acreages Program, we work uh, primarily with rural municipalities across Alberta and landowners. So um, those are people that have acreages hobby farms or recreational properties. And this is a growing proportion of Alberta's um, rural population. And therefore there's this huge opportunity for positive or on the flip side, negative <laughs> cumulative effects on the state of our, um, of our provinces, water, soil, um, wildlife and air. So there's this huge uh, opportunity for smaller landowners that um, we don't really delineate who's eligible for our program based on uh, acreage alone. So it's more about how they're using the land. So mm -hmm. if they have, you know, one acre or they have a hundred acres, if they're a non-agricultural producer, they would be eligible for our program. Okay. What sort of work do you do under the Green Acreage Program? What sort of stuff is included? <laughs> Yeah, what's filling up my calendar? Yeah. Um, so the Green Acreages program has uh, sort of three main uh, pillars. The first is the resources. These were developed um, first. The program's been going for over a decade, and the resource was the first piece of that puzzle. Um, we have two main resources that we distribute. The uh, Green Acreages Guide Primer is a short sort of brochure style resource that gives folks some considerations about, you know, if they're thinking about moving to the country, these are some of the things that you'll have to take into consideration and be aware of and be responsible for that are different from living in an urban or sort of town setting. 
And um, we get a lot of uptake with uh, municipalities, but also realtors with that resource. Um, it's just a great sort of quick guide to some of the things that you'll need to be aware of if you're moving out to a rural property. And then the, the main resource that we distribute for green acreages is called the Green Acreages Guide Workbook. And it's a, it's a packed one-inch binder with um, now 23 chapters of information. We just added a new chapter on watersheds. And uh, that's the great thing about it being a binder. It's a living resource when we have feedback from um, our audience about information that would be beneficial to them. It's something that we can develop in-house and, and add to that resource. But it covers a, a really broad range of topics. And it's meant to be a comprehensive guide to managing a rural property with sustainability in mind. Um, looking at, you know, having a good impact on the environment around you, but also retaining and in many cases, improving the value of your property or, you know, protecting your investment as well. So it talks about everything from, you know, soil, pasture management to waste and wastewater, looking at um, weeds and garden and landscape and all different sorts of topics. And it's not something that I would recommend doing what I did, which was sitting down and reading it cover to cover my first day on the job. It, we really look at it as like a choose your own adventure guide to stewarding your property. Cool. And then the second piece of the Green Acreages program is we offer workshops. So I can do online workshops via Zoom or in-person workshops um, for any rural municipality in Alberta that's interested. Uh, when the program started, there were just a small group of municipalities that were sort of signed on, and we didn't have the capacity until we hired a coordinator to actually, you know, expand the program beyond the boundaries of those six municipalities. So now it is province-wide. Um, I am putting on a lot of kilometers, uh, traveling to different places, and um, in the workshops, they are free for acreage owners to attend. They'll receive a copy of the Green Acreages Guide workbook and also any resources that their local municipality has that are available to, to help them out. And it's really about, you know, coming together and learning about the program and getting the resources in the hands of folks that, that are interested in, in using them. And then the third piece of the program, which is new as of a couple of years ago, is we actually have project funding. So we can do cost share projects um, with landowners uh, that are eligible for our program. So again, this program was really developed to bridge a gap in resources and, and services that are available to support rural residential landowners that are non-agricultural producers or ranchers. So there are a lot of different programs available for, um, for farmers and ranchers to access, but um, other people that live in the country maybe didn't have access to that that many, um, you know, tailored resources or definitely not project funding until very recently. Um, and that's all thanks to this program. So we currently have uh, funding through the Government of Alberta's Watershed Resiliency and Restoration Program. And as a result, projects that um, people can do on their properties all have to have something to do with water and enhancing the natural watershed function of their property. So we're really looking at working with 
what the water wants to do versus what we necessarily want the water to do and different interventions that exist that can help to uh, protect some of those natural functions but also mitigate the impacts of flooding and drought on properties. And we've had a lot of uptake in this uh, across the province. Some interesting projects have been implemented and um, we are coming up with a video soon that you'll be able to find on our website, um, just showcasing a, a big project that was done by a landowner in Lac-Saint-Anne County to address some seasonal localized flooding that was making part of her property unusable and um, and it's it's really changed her whole acreage, which is really cool. So that funding is still available for this year, and we are looking for other sources of, of funding to be able to cost share projects with folks uh, down the road after 2023 as well. Awesome. So I know one of the focuses of PCBFA is regenerative agriculture, which I think has some similar goals to all of this sort of stuff that you're discussing. But a lot of those practices are meant to be done at scale with livestock and stuff. So can you talk a little bit about how you plan for these sorts of things when you're working with limited acreage? Like, for example, my parents have a place uh, that's 10 acres, and it's one of the lower points in all of the land around it. And we get saline seeps, and it's just, it's not very nice. So how do you how do you plan for that smaller bit of land that might be affected by the land around it, but you don't have any control over it? Yeah, that's a great question. And it is something that comes up a lot. I mean, part of the reason why we, and your parents' property is a great example of this, but part of the reason why we created this new chapter on watersheds to add to the binder is really driving home that idea that we're all connected through water. And what we do, you know, we're all upstream and downstream from other things, other people, other life, um, maybe different industries and developments, uh, communities, that sort of thing. So really understanding where we fit in the watershed puzzle is, is so important when we look at stewardship. And I think there wasn't a lot out there that looked at smaller properties until this program came about. And it was really... A, a big group of ag fieldmen across the province that came together and said, you know what, we we have stuff for, for farmers and ranchers, but we really don't have anything that's tailored towards acreages. And so that's really kind of the genesis of this, this program. And the resources that we have are meant to be really comprehensive. So in the example that you gave with your parents, there's not a lot that you can do to, you know, control outside the boundaries of your own property. But there are things that um, that they could do that might help to filter some of the water. Um, if they're getting, if they're in a low spot and they're getting any kind of flooding, there are different low impact development type projects that they could take on that would help with that. Um, and we do have a chapter, as I mentioned, on on soils and assessing your soil health and then what you can do about it and different um, resources that you can access. So. One of the great things about the Green Acreages Guide is at the end of each chapter, there are further resources. So we don't claim to be the expert on every single topic at Land Stewardship Center, but we do have, you know, our, our feelers out for where the best information is available and, and connecting folks with that. So, um, yeah, again, just looking at making tailored resources for 
people that have maybe either a smaller plot of land or a different way that they're using the land and supporting that demographic in a more sort of targeted manner is really how we're kind of approaching that. Yeah. That makes sense. I know it's one of those, I think about it every once in a while because people love to complain about all these acreage owners, but if you're not going to teach the acreage owners what to do or how to manage land, like how are they supposed to know? Yeah. And I mean, the feedback that we typically get from, um, from acreage owners, whether it's in our workshops or they're contacting us directly um, or we meet them at some other kind of event is overwhelmingly everybody wants to do the right thing. They just need a little bit better information that addresses their their circumstances mm-hmm. and sort of sets them on that path, right? So that's the role that we try to play is um, connecting people who are keen to to manage their property in a in a you know very careful kind of sustainable way that's going to protect the environment but also protect their investment in in living out in the country because it's it's not cheap <laughs> to live on an acreage and there's a lot of work that goes into it um you know to managing all of those different things at the same time so we're really trying to make that um, easier for folks the workbook has a lot of worksheets in it so um people can really start to hone in on what's important to them and and choose you know what information they they need from the binder so fantastic and this is a bit of a side note but i was chatting with pamela here back in january and she was talking about some of the directories and stuff you guys have so speaking of other resources can you talk a little bit about the these other directories and and stuff you've got on your website yeah, so um, one of the ones that comes to mind is the Stewardship Directory, which um, is a free online resource you can find via stewardshipdirectory.com, but it is housed under landstewardship.org, and you can find it there. There are lots of different ways to, to get to it, but it's a great resource. It, it has a lot of entries for Alberta, but we have entries as far away as Australia in here. And this is a a great directory resource. If you're looking for, um, you know, other organizations or individual professionals that are involved in stewardship in some way or have some expertise that they may be able to lend. Um, And everybody who's in there has signed themselves up. So um, it is a, a voluntary thing. If if someone listening to the podcast has some specific expertise, maybe in soils or or something like that, um, you can add yourself to the directory. It's a great tool for people who are looking to, to make those connections. And maybe they have a project in mind, but they don't really know how to get started or they don't know how to design it, or they're going to need some professional um, guidance or expertise as, as part of that project. It's a great place to go to find some of those connections. And then if you go to landstewardship.org, you can also see some of the different programs and resources that we have. So in terms of um, another directory, we have the Conservation Land Registry. And um, this is this is a, a database that you have to log in to, um, to see, but it is good to see, um, you know, land that's being conserved 
across the province and um, and get a little bit more information about that. So this information comes not only from governments, but also from land trusts and municipalities. And it's it's sort of consolidating all of that information of, of land that's being conserved across, um, across the province. And then we also have um, the Green Communities Guide. This is a resource that I personally worked on a lot um, a couple of summers ago. And it's a free resource that's available online. And it's like a digital platform that looks at nature-based solutions and uh, how they can add climate resiliency to uh, urban and peri-urban areas. But there are also a lot of um, applications to a rural setting. So if you look at the Green Communities Guide and then you look at all the projects that we've been able to cost share fund through green acreages, there's a lot of overlap there um, in the types of initiatives that are being done. Uh, it's just a little bit of a different application in a rural setting than it would be, you know, in a city, for example. That's fair. Well, I wanted to go back very quick, briefly, and chat about um, the the plants and weeds side of things, because you mentioned that that's part of the <laughs> part of the guides and part of the resources. So, can you talk a little bit more about that side of things? Yeah. So um, the weeds chapter. Let me just flip to that. <laughs> um, it's chapter eight in the binder, and it really goes over um, some basic information about what a weed is, um, what invasive plants are, and um, what to sort of look for, how to control them, what the threat assessment is. And then um, there's a, a checklist for um, planning your management of your weeds on your property once you've assessed sort of the, the severity of the situation, because everybody has weeds. Um, but we have had some people, you know, that the weeds were taking over. So um, in those cases, this is a great place to start, uh, this chapter here. Most rural municipalities have um, people that are experts on invasive species and uh, weed control. And they can be, they're a resource that can be accessed uh, usually for free or very, very low cost uh, to help you get started with, with managing your weeds. There's also a chapter in the Green Communities Guide that I just mentioned on, you know, biological and uh, other sorts of weed management techniques. So something that we have been seeing um, in urban settings, but also in, in some rural spots. And this is not a new thing. I, I first heard about this when I was a kid, but is using goats, sometimes sheep, but usually goats. If you're dealing with things like thistle, Canada thistle, they can be a really good um, way to quickly mow that down, get rid of the seeds and um, sort of start shading them out with native species. But Weeds are a topic that always come up, and we also point folks to, beyond their rural municipalities, some other further resources in this chapter. Awesome. We talk a lot about weeds in our forage episodes because a weed is just a plant growing where you don't want it, and they're often a, a symptom of the problem, not a, not the actual problem. A hundred percent, yeah. It's always good to be be thinking about different ways to manage that that isn't just go out and spray because then you're not solving the problem that is causing them in the first place and you might cascade into some other issues um depending on the approach that you take right so 
Exactly. Always looking. I like I like what you said about looking at what the the root of the to make a pun, <laughs> what the root of the problem is. Yeah. Versus, you know what what's visible above ground. Yeah. There's a really cool book called When Weeds Talk that I haven't read, but I've heard lots of people quote. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, but it it talks about kind of what can cause a weed to grow in a certain place. So yeah, and and I think people also need to be aware of some of the hazards of like thistle is is obvious it it's pokey, but um, foxtail barley can be really really problematic for for pets and other animals right so yeah yeah no there's lots of lots of different things to be thinking about when you're dealing with weeds so Mm -hmm. it's always a fun chat to have (laughs) yeah and we do for our um for our project funding we do require that people use native species when they're doing planting initiatives they're going to be hardiest to Mm -hmm. the region that they're being planted in but also they're going to help to improve local biodiversity and choke out weeds because they're suited to growing there. And they can often, you know, compete with some of those really resilient weeds. So that makes sense. Do you have any resources for people who are interested in native seeds? Um, We would usually point folks to the Alberta Native Plant Council their website has a ton of uh, really great information about native species um, of plants in Alberta, but also um, you can download, they have a gigantic spreadsheet that has where to source things and they just have a ton of expertise. Also, if you have nurseries around, they should be fairly familiar with uh, native species and what's going to be hardy to the zone that you are currently in, uh, wherever you're listening from. And um, yeah. Cool. That's good to know. Is there anything we've missed that you'd like to chat about? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, if, if anybody listening today is interested in the Green Acreages program, whether you're a rural residential landowner or um, perhaps you work for a municipality or even a WPAC, like a watershed group, you can reach out to us. Um, We do cover the whole province. So you can reach out to us through landstewardship.org is our website. You can find my contact information on the Green Acreages page. And um, yeah, we would love to help out with your stewardship journey and any way we can connect you to the information that you need. Right on. We've chatted about your website which I will drop down in the description uh is there anywhere else people can find find the land stewardship center any other resources you'd like to mention before we sign off uh we are on social media so you mentioned that you met Pamela at the ASB event in Grand Prairie um she manages all of our social media and so she's on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram so you can connect with us uh, through social media if if you like as well fantastic I think that's all. So (laughs) thank you very much for coming on uh, to have a chat with me. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Johanna. It was nice to uh, meet you. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative, and attractive to future generations. 
To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thank you.